the truth. How many are thankful for that? What a miracle, amen? Well, as you open up your Bibles this morning, I want to tell you something. We've got good news and bad news. I've got good news and bad news. How many want the bad news first? That's the way I like it. So go to the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 13. Give me an amen when you get there. Please look on with somebody this morning. If you don't have a Bible, someone will share with you next to you. You can always use your phone. There's Bible apps. I'm old school. I like to hold it in my hand. Nothing wrong with using technology. But if you have a Bible, if you have a phone, if you have a tablet, go to Revelation chapter 13. So I've got good news and bad news this morning, and I'm going to give you the bad news first. Amen. Let me know when you're at Revelation chapter 13 and verse 11. Now, when we open up the book of Revelation, lots of people don't like to open the book of Revelation. Lots of people are afraid of the book of Revelation. They don't understand it. It's scary. It's weird. It sounds crazy and so on and so forth. But the thing that's interesting to me is I've never met a person in my life who reads a book and doesn't read the last chapter. It would be foolish to read a book and not read the last chapter because how many know the last chapter is the most important chapter? It's where the book ends. So you, you can read an entire book and then disregard the last chapter. Nobody does that. But some Christians do. They read a lot of the gospel, but they're like, now nah, that last book I don't want to touch. And that's not, that doesn't make any sense. So we're not afraid of the book of Revelation. Amen? Because it is the revelation of God to us through John on the island of Patmos as he has a revelation. That's why it says revelation. He's having a vision. He's having a revelation of the future. And so everything in this book of Revelation is pointing to the future when he is writing this vision. And now I want to give you some, some news that's not good or bad. It's just fact. We're living in the day that John saw. We're living in the day that John saw. For 2,000 years, church, the gospel has been preached and Christians just like us, different cultures, different clothes, different cities, different ways of life, different technology, no technology, however you want to say it, have lived on this earth preaching the same gospel we're preaching. But I'm telling you without a doubt, not a maybe, but without a doubt, we are living in the day that John the Baptist talked about. And that's an awesome thing. So I guess it is something more than just news. It's awesome news. It's exciting news to be the generation that is living that 2,000 years have been waiting to live. Amen? And they expected that it would be them for a long time. But we are that generation. Look at somebody next to you and say, we are that generation. Tell them we're here. Tell them we're there. We're right here in the book of Revelation. Verse 11. Give me an amen if you're there. Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. Now, real quick before I continue to read, really pay attention to what this says. There's much to be said, and trust me, in a message like this, it's, it's, it's compacting. And I, and I want to challenge you right now to come back tonight. Because I'm going to go into some more tonight. I'm going to give some more tonight that I can't fit into this morning. So come back tonight. And that's, that's for all of you that, that don't come back on Sunday night. Come back tonight. Make it, make it a rare time. Come back. Amen. If all possible, come back tonight and, and catch more of this. But it says, and he exercises 
all the authority of the first beast in his presence. And I want you to underline a few things with me this morning. And says, and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now I want to ask you something this morning. Do you realize that we worship Christ out of free will? We choose to worship God this morning. Nobody makes us worship God. But I want you to know that the bad news is in the future, and I believe the very near future, the now future, there is a time coming, the Bible says, that this great beast will cause. That means by force, cause the earth to worship the first beast. How many are following me this so far? Cause the, the earth to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Now watch this, verse 13. He performs great signs so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. And he deceives, underline that, he deceives those who dwell on the earth. By those signs which he granted to do, he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to, underline this, make an image to the beast. Make an image to the beast. This is real important. Make an image to the beast. And who was wounded by the sword and lived. Verse 15. He was granted power, underline that. He was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast that the image of the beast should both speak and cause, watch this again, and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Are you all still with me? Not good news. Causes many to worship the beast, not if they want to worship the beast, if they would like to worship the beast, if they choose to worship the beast, causes them to worship the beast. That's force. And if we're not seeing that today in the day we live in, wake up. Amen. Do we not see that right now happening already? Now, it's nothing of what the future holds, but we're seeing it right now where a group grabs people and causes them. It just, just, just happened two days ago. Not that it doesn't happen all the time. Just happened. Went into a bus, said, uh, uh, say that Allah is God or we'll kill you now. 29 dead. 29 dead. You know what that means, church? Let me throw a little good news in the bad news part. Not only are they in heaven, let me rephrase what I just said again. If you don't worship Allah or we'll kill you, well, guess what? 29 are dead. They did not worship Allah. I believe they lifted their voice and said, Jesus Christ is Lord. I will not bow to any God but Jesus. Amen. Causes them. 29 dead. And so he says, if they don't worship, they will be killed. With me? He causes all. Verse 16. This is the verse I want you to see of all the verses. 16. He causes all. Now, this is interesting because 
we know the word all, and we use it a lot. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For whosoever is the same as all would believe in Jesus Christ, would not perish but have everlasting life. So all means all. It means everybody. It means that you cannot get out of it. It means that everybody's going to face this choice. Now, how many know bad news isn't good? This is the bad news. Okay? It's bad. And, and, and we as people, a lot of times, we're like, ah, no, just give me the good news. And I said I got good and bad. Which one you want? No, just give me the good. That's the way we are a lot of times. We just want the good. We don't want the bad. And you know what we do? We out of sight, out of mind a lot of times. We think, no, if I don't think about it, no, 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 that didn't happen the other day in Egypt. That didn't happen. That didn't happen in Manchester. No, that didn't happen. No, 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 no. We do that, don't we? We can ignore it. I'm not going to watch the news because it still happened. Well, I'm going to think about other things because it's going to happen. It's real. God doesn't waste ink. God doesn't waste his time on ink. Let me just throw this in there at the end for the heck of it. Let me make, let me make the story end good. Let's, sound, let's just mix it up a little bit. No, this is prophetic. This is God's word to the world. And it is time for God's world to wake up. You know what? This is a great day to preach this. Not because it's Memorial Day weekend, but because it seems, we were talking about this in our house yesterday, when a weekend comes around, and listen, there's nothing wrong with rest. Don't, don't take me wrong on that. I love week, times when we have days off and we can rest, be together. I'm not saying that. But it seems that when a weekend like this comes around, we get lazy. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like we can just like, you know, and it's okay to rest, but there's a difference between resting and getting lazy. You know what that means? That means you put your guard down. Y'all following me? Am I making any sense? Am I telling the truth? You start going into a four-day week, and some people got off Friday, some people off Monday. You start going to that, and you just kind of, eh, well, we can do that spiritually, too. Just kind of, eh, and put our guard down. So this is a great weekend to do this, because we can rest, but we got to rest with one eye open. Amen? We got to rest being alert. You can rest without being sleep, sleep. Sleepy or sleepy, sleeping. You know what I'm saying? Spiritually. Hopefully you catch that. Hope you grasp the difference. So watch this. He causes all, verse 16, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave. That's everybody. Okay? Let me read that again. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, Free and slave. To do what? To receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads. And no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who understands calculate the number of his beast of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. Father, for just a few minutes this morning, anoint my words. Anoint our ears. Help us focus. Help us stop and pay attention. 
and hear what the voice of the Holy Spirit says to your church. I feel your anointing. I know your anointing's here. I know your word is being spoken. I know that people are listening today. Lord, speak. Open up blind eyes and deaf ears. Cause not only our church, but the world to awake this morning spiritually and say, Lord, what are you speaking to the churches? And we ask these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Now, that's the bad news. That's, that, that does not sound in any way happy. And we're living in the days. How many of you have a bank card? Now, I'm just going to hit this for a second. I'm not going too far. How many have a bank card? Not a credit card, a bank card. Debit card. If you haven't gotten one yet, you will soon, and you probably have, gotten a card with a chip in it. You have to have that little chip, and all these machines now are changing over to the chip. And that chip is very symbolic because the technology, and again, I could spend hours on this, but I'm just going to spend a few seconds. That technology is here now for a system globally to control everything. Everything. And, 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 and in, in my studies in the past, and we did a, a lot of studies on this over the years, it's very clear, very simple to understand. It doesn't mean it's just this, but I promise you that the Internet is a humongous part of the beast. Technology. Daniel 12 said in the last days, knowledge would increase. And so standing in a day where these things 100 years ago could not have happened. 50 years ago could not have happened. Why do I say we're the generation that's going to see uh, this Bible come to fruition? Because the technology for a worldwide government to control a world of people could not have existed, listen closely, 25 years ago. I'm only 43 but I lived the days where there was no internet. When my wife and I met at 18 and 19, we wrote letters back and forth from Costa Rica to the United States. There was no internet. That's how, soon, that's how recent the internet came along. And the system to be able to cause all. Come here with me. You can't do that 25 years ago. It's impossible. But now the system is in the Internet that, is, that has everybody's name and everybody's information. And, and you are, listen closely, a number. I'm talking in the world system, not in God. I'm talking in the world system. You are a number. You have a social security number. You have a resident card number you have a license number you are a number and and just to throw this out for many i know that we're in this study and i'm on i'm still on the bad news part but the good news is the good there's good news coming yeah. all right the, the the thing is is w666 uh, www which is the internet is 666 in hebrew so the system is technology. It is control. 
It is how we govern and how we make sure everybody, we know where everybody's at. And listen, as much as we love, and I don't, I don't, I don't care about this because I don't live in fear, but as much as we love Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and all these things, it's all part of the way to gather information to know where we live and what we do. It's a scary thing when you grab a phone and you're eating at a restaurant and the phone's telling you what to order. Did you catch that? Does that ever happen to any of you? You look at your phone and it says, you are here. Thank you. It recommends you something to eat. Tells you the stars and reviews of the restaurant you're at. It's all, so anyways, I, I, could, I could go a long time on that, but I'm not going to. But the system is there, church. It's in place. It's ready. We're seeing already in a small way compared to the future, the mass gathering together of people and causing them to choose. But really not even choosing. Causing them to choose to worship the beast or to die. I still to this day, thank God, if you've known me very long, one of the biggest things I'm thankful for, if not the biggest, is the gift that God gave us called free will. The choice. The free will to choose if I want to. I love God. Listen, the Bible tells me that I love God because he first loved me. But I, and I do. That's a fact. But I love God because he gave me a choice to love him. I love that I can choose to love him. I love that I can say, yes, God, I love you and I worship you and I praise you and I want to live for you. But I also love that if I want to say, no, I don't want to worship you. I don't want to live for you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. I can choose that. Now, our choices have consequences. But those choices aren't necessarily on this earth. This thing's talking about on this earth, in this body, that, you will find, that this world is going to come to a time and a place where this thing says it will cause all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on the right hand or on their foreheads. It's a fact today. We don't even have, now, years ago, we used to just have to speculate. Now it's not even speculation. It's a fact. The chip's made. And it's not, if you don't believe in the Bible, church, wake up. The Bible said 2,000 years ago that a, that, a, that a system would come into place that would be placed in the right hand or the forehead. Guess where they put the chip? In the right hand. Go look at it if you don't know it and don't believe it. It's the size of a piece of rice. It's called RFID. It already exists. It's not something that's coming it exists without going into too much time here. It's already in our government. It's already in place. Everything that has to take place is not like, well, it's going to happen. It's there. I know some of you want me to rush to the good news. But you can't listen closely to this. You can't appreciate good news. If you have some bad, some bad news. You can't appreciate salvation if you don't understand damnation. I can't appreciate heaven, and Jesus knew that because he talked a whole lot more about hell. 
Now, before I go on, I want to give you a piece of news that, that may shock you or may not, but it's, it's, it's real news. This subject is not preached enough. This subject is not talked about enough, and, and I believe that the churches and the members of the churches would like to choose the out-of-sight, out-of-mind road. Because it's better not to talk about it. It's easier not to talk about it. It's easy. It's, you know the old saying, let's talk about the elephant that's in the room? You ever heard that saying? It means there's a humongous animal in the room, but you don't want to talk about it. You're going to act like it's not there. How do you ignore an elephant? Come on, church, help me out. There's an elephant in the room. No, it's not. No, it's not. You just don't want to look over there. You only can look like a tiny little place because that elephant's big. He's in the room. No, he's not. That's what we do today. And you know why I say that? Let me give you a fact. The Bible says in the last days, people would have itching ears. Let me tell you what's sad. Not only do people have itching ears, pastors have itching ears. Pastors have itching ears. I read this morning that only 36% of pastors believe in the rapture. 36%. Take 100 pastors. And you wonder why I talk so much about those false doctrines and those false churches that are not preaching the truth. 36 out of 100 believe. Meaning, if my math is correct, 64 out of 100 are preaching or not preaching about the rapture. And I'm not going to do it this morning, but I've done it in a small scale. I'm, my intent is never to embarrass anybody. And many times it's not your fault. But I could ask you to raise your hand this morning, and I've done it in smaller scales. I've done it in men's discipleship. I've asked people that go to, on the streets and people that go to certain churches, have you ever heard of it? I've never heard of it. What is that? I could ask you right now, and hands would go up in this place that have never heard of the rapture, don't, have never heard of the mark of the beast, don't know anything about any of the stuff I'm talking about, and, and you don't have a clue. Not a clue. Because it's not being preached. How can we not talk about the elephant in the room? Amen. So that time is coming, that moment is coming, and it's real, and it's a fact. And that's the bad news. And, and I want you to understand this morning, church, that what we have seen, when you see that news, whether you ignore it or not, about Cairo, Egypt, and the 29 dying in Manchester, and blowing people up at a concert. You know, I, I forgot to pull it out. I'll do it tonight. I, I don't watch the news a lot, but it's funny. Every time I seem to be sitting in front of the TV and, and I flip over for a second, it seems like God shows me something at that moment, and I take a picture of it. It's crazy. So I will read that tonight. But the, the, the stuff that's said on these things is crazy. So things keep happening and happening and happening and happening. And guess what we do? We continue to be just like the people in the days of Noah. Eating, drinking, and giving in marriage, and having fun, and living life. And again, I'm not saying you can't have fun, can't live life. But you better live your life right. You better live your life right. And that's going to take us in to the good news. But good news always has ifs. Now I want you to go to Matthew 24. Sorry, I got one more bad news. Cool? Matthew 24. I forgot one thing. 
I don't have any notes this morning, so God's helping me. Matthew 24. I did not say that to brag. I say that because I need the Holy Spirit's help. Amen. Matthew 24. Give me, give me an amen when you're there. Let's read just one simple verse here. It's real important. Actually, I'm going to read two. Okay, Matthew 24, verse 34. You there? Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away until all these things have taken place. This generation is the generation we live in. This generation that the Bible is talking about right here. Okay, now go back one page in my Bible. Verse 21. I mean, amen when you're there. This is a short description of Jesus without going into too, too many details about what is coming very soon on this earth. For there then will be, read this with me and underline it, great tribulation. Underline that, great tribulation. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you believe that if God says in his word, there will be that there will be. He says there will be great tribulation. So here's how we read the Bible a lot of times. We read, we read, oh, yes, 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 fist, fist, yes, yes, thumbs up, hallelujah. We get to that kind of chapter. Yes, 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 yes. That's what an immature, I guess, believer does. Because I, I don't know if you can call him a believer. Because if you're a believer, you got to believe everything. Some Christians should have a sign or shirt that says, I'm 36% believer. Come on. 36% believer. That'd be crazy, huh? What does that mean? It means I only believe in 36% of the Bible. I'm just giving an example. Some people could write that shirt. I don't know. If I believe everything, I've said this before. Some people read the Bible like you eat trail mix. I'm, I, I eat trail mix this way. I, I go in there. When I buy that trail, I, there are certain things I like and certain things I don't. So I don't, I don't just hand fist it. I go in there and grab the things I like and leave the ones I don't. And that's how people read the Bible. Yep. Right? You go in there and grab the M&Ms. That's what the, you're supposed to be eating trail mix. You're supposed to be healthy and you're going straight for the M&Ms. Amen. If you don't like raisins, you leave there. If you don't like peanuts, you leave them there. Or how about the how about the mixed nuts? Anybody in here like mixed nuts? I ne when my when my can of and I love peanuts, but if I want to eat peanuts, I'll eat M and M's. When I'm done with mixed nuts, there's nothing but peanuts left. I pull out the pecans, I pull out the almonds, I pull out the cashews, I pull out all the good ones I like, and there's nothing but peanuts left. How many are following what I'm trying to say? Watch what he says. There will be great tribulation. Such has not been since the beginning of the world. Until this time. Watch this. Nor shall there ever be. That's not a laughing moment. It's always funny to me when I look out at the crowd and someone's laughing at this part. That's not a laughing part. There's coming a time. That has, will never be, has never been before and never will be again. 
and listen, look at me. I, as your pastor, am trying to wake you up so that you will not be here for this. That's what I'm trying to do. Oh, you're so serious sometimes. Oh, you're so, why you say those things? Because I'm trying to wake you up. Because I don't want you to be here for this day. I don't want to be here for this day. This is a real day. Real. Quit playing games. Quit putting other things more important. Quit putting truth out of your mind because it doesn't sound good. Because it doesn't fit in your little stinking schedule. Stop it. Get real. Get real. Be real. Understand these are real words. And some people are going to be here when this happens. Because you don't take this serious. You mess around. You play games. You know why I'm so fervent about that? Because it was me. That was me. That was me at a young age playing games. Till thank God somebody told me the truth. Till thank God somebody didn't care what I thought about him and hit me through the, over the head with a two by four and said, hell is real and that's where you're going if you don't change. This is real, church. Good new, bad news is not funny. I'm preaching to me too. Because I don't want to be here. This is a real thing. It's real. Oh, it didn't happen here, so it doesn't have that big of a deal. Egypt's way over there. Well, it's going to come here. It's at the door. It's at the door. It's at the door. Every day it's getting worse and worse and worse. This is not the moment for churches to stop preaching about this. This is the moment for churches to start preaching about this more and more and more and be ready when he comes. Let me finish this. 22, and unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. So now, now I can get to the good news. But again, the good news is not good news if you don't take the bad news serious. Amen. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Let's move quickly right here for just a few minutes. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Look up at this screen once you find it. This is what we want to be. Ready. Ready. Be ready ready when at all times all the time okay be ready let's look at that verse on there for in such an hour as you think not the son of man cometh that's the rapture okay we're gonna get there in a second but let's read this real quick you know what not second timothy it's not where i wanted to go I'm, I'm holding that for later. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. School, that's real close. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Give me an amen when you get there. Verse 9. Here's the good news. That which is coming is bad. Everything I wrote, and listen, I didn't even read anything bad. I just told you the, the causing to choose thing or you, or you die. If you read on there, and we have, and you can get into that later, don't be afraid to read it. 
you can't even ma- imagine in your mind what's coming. Can't, and, and, and again, you can you cannot think about it all you want, but it, it's there. It's happening. And it's so bad that the Bible says that if he did not shorten the days, nobody would be alive. And in the, in the second part of that time there of that bad news is called, we said, the great tribulation. That right there. Let me just throw this out real quick because I don't make sure I don't lose anybody. What I'm about to show you in just a second is what the Bible calls the rapture, which is the snatching away of the saints, of the believers, from this earth. Okay? And in case I forget, that means rapture is, is harpasso in Greek. It means to snatch quickly out of danger. Okay? You follow that? Picturing somebody who's on some railroad tracks and the train's coming and I jump out and I grab you and I pull you quickly, barely barely out of the way before that train kills you. That's what snatching away means. That's what the rapture means. It means, it means being caught up instantly. It means quick, quick, snatching away. Okay? And so if that doesn't happen, or when that happens, then seven years, seven years is going to happen of tribulation. And the Bible says three and a half of them, that first three and a half years is going to be where the government of the world, not the United States, the government of the world is going to cause both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to, to accept this mark in the right hand or in the forehead, or you do not live. Does everybody understand that, how simple that is? It's a simple thing. You take it or you die. Not only do you die because you didn't take it when you're standing in front of them, if you try to buy, you try to sell, you try to go to the hospital, you try to do anything, you cannot function without that. And, and if you don't think that's real, stop just for a second and think about the card I was telling you about a few minutes ago. If you don't accept that chip in your card, you cannot bank. Well, I don't want a chip. They don't give you the option. They send it in the mail. And then you'll say, well, obviously I've been to some of those machines. They're not using it and blah, blah. Go ahead and, go ahead and keep doing that. There's going to be a time when it will only be the chip. And it will happen quick, very quick. And that first three and a half years is going to be mass uh, uh, persecution upon people on the earth, causing them to to get a part of this system, and those that don't will be killed, and those that do will be in the system. And if you'll read later in Revelation 14, don't go now, I mentioned it maybe again tonight, if you take that mark, you are eternally damned. Let me throw that out here for the SMOs that don't come back on Sunday nights or Wednesday nights so I can at least give this to you. I'm not saying this mean. I'm just saying that and I want to make sure you know. If you're witnessing to people and you're telling people that, that about the Lord and, and they're not hearing it and they don't want to listen, just throw this in. There will be a time when everybody's going to have to take a chip. Don't take it because if you do, you are damned for eternity. Just get them to understand that at least. So maybe they'll remember you. Maybe they'll remember what you said. Because in the tribulation, if you take that mark, you're done. Not done on the earth, done. And that's in Revelation 14. Please don't look at it right now. We'll lose stop. I want to throw that out. I want anybody, God forbid, that you would be in that bad news part because you didn't take the word of God seriously, that you would take that, that mark. You can't. It's not an option. You cannot do it. Is everybody clear on that? Cannot. And let me, get, let me just say this to you. They're not going to come and say, this is the mark of the beast, of the Antichrist. Take it. They're not going to say that. It's going to be a government 
system. Okay? But, here's the good news. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 9. God did not appoint us to wrath. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a good verse to underline. God did not appoint us unto wrath. Let me throw out a 30-second doctrinal thing here real quick. There are different beliefs of when the rapture will happen. Any, anybody who does not believe in the rapture is lost anyways because the rapture is not a question. It's going to happen. And, these, and, and another percentage of these people that I was reading this morning, their pastors think it's just, just a, it's, not, it's not literal. They say the rapture's not literal. Not, it's not literal. I don't know what that means to them, but they say it's not literal. Okay? And so w- w- the, the time comes when, this, when this, 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 this tribulation starts, first half's horrible, second half's worse. And the reason that I believe in the scriptures that the rapture happens before the tribulation and without a doubt before the second half of the tribulation is because the Bible says right there, God did not appoint us to wrath. The second half of the tribulation, three and a half years, listen closely. If the first half, if I, what I just told you somehow, some way did not scare you or to get you to think about life on this earth with a system causing you to die, why don't you think about three and a half years of God's wrath on the earth? Did y'all catch that? Not, not man. First three and a half years is man's system of the Antichrist. Hating and killing and plundering and, and doing what we're seeing right now on a worldwide scale, not here and there. But the second half, once the, once the Antichrist, and so a lot of the stuff that I'm saying is why you need to be at every service and be at Bible studies, because I can't explain everything at one time. I could do a message on every word I say. But when the Antichrist stands up in the temple that is not built yet but will be built and says, I am God, are you with me? That will happen in the middle of the tribulation. Over there on the Temple Mount, where there's no temple built right now, but there's a temple totally in a warehouse ready to be built at any moment once they get the okay from the peace treaty, from the Antichrist, and and whoever else is used to say, let's let them build this temple that Jesus said would be rebuilt. Once that Antichrist comes in, who is the leader of the world, and stands in God's temple. You know, parents, sometimes you're like, "Nah, nah, don't cross this line. You can mess with my friends, but don't mess with my family. Right? right? right. When, when this man stands in the temple and says, I am God. God says, I'm done. Listen to me closely. It makes my hair stand up. God says, no more See, we, oh, God is so mean, and God does this, and God allows that. No, he doesn't. We do it. We do it. But that three-and-a-half-year moment, church, is going to be God pouring out his wrath on the earth. Are you listening to me? Wrath. 
wrath. And it's in the Bible. It's in Revelation. You can read it. The things that are going to happen. And, and yes, I'm saying it without any reserve. That is God mad. Mad. Angry. Up to here. Done. 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 Having his name blasphemed. Done. Having people mock him. Done. But until that time, he's warning He's warning, he's loving, he's giving salvation, he's giving redemption, he's giving grace. He's, he's saying, come to me, turn your hearts, repent, I love you, I don't want this to happen. For he, All these thousands of years he's been doing it. And for one little three and a half year period, he says, I'm done. And if you're on this earth, you're going to pay. And you're going to pay not by what man can do to you. But you and listen, let me throw in one little, th- I, know, I know I already get the bad news, but sometimes I've got to throw it in. In this second half of the wrath, church, the Bible says that it will be so bad of God's wrath that people will want to die and will not be able to. (sighs) Want to die. The Bible says they will be shouting at the sky, saying, let the rocks fall on me, and will not be able to die. They won't even be able to kill themselves. Are you listening to me? Is this in the book? I'm not making this up. Why would God say all those things? Because he doesn't want us to be there. Why does God talk, Jesus talks so much about hell? Because he doesn't want you to be there. Why does he talk so little about heaven? Because he wants us to wonder so that we'll be there. How many like surprises? You don't want to know everything that's going to happen. Give me a surprise. Let me, let me open the gift. Let me see what you got for me. Let me see what you did for me. He doesn't talk a lot about heaven because it wants it to be a surprise. But he did say, eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard. Neither has not even entered into the thought of man all the things I've prepared for those who love me. Yeah. Amen. Those who love me. Now, real quick, go over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I'm running out of time. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Give me a shout when you get there. Actually, we should be close because we're in 5. What's the rapture? And again, this is, this is hours and hours and hours of, of, of teachings that I cannot get into in a few minutes. And why the rapture happens and why and typologies and Things that go back to the Old Testament and there's so much. And, and when you really start to study the Bible, it doesn't, it doesn't become depressing. It becomes very exciting. Because this is a love story. This is a love story. I said all that. Have you ever seen Scared Straight? you ever seen that show? Take these little punks in the prison and show them what the prison looks like. Awesome ministry, awesome show, whatever they, whatever they want to call it, it's awesome. They need the prison scared out of them. Now, some dummies are still going to go even after being scared. But it's a good idea. So that's why God says all this stuff. He's like, wake up. This is there, but it's not for you. But you're walking on the path that's, that's where I was. I was on that path. God said it to me as clear as could be that night. If you don't change, that's where you're going. Knew it. Guess what I did? I was smart. I changed. 
How can you sit there and listen to a message about hell and fire and weeping and gnashing of teeth and worms that don't die and go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, that's not big of a deal. I'm not going to, nah, I don't want to change. What is wrong with you? That's where I was going. And the Holy Spirit slapped me. And when I could see again, I said, I'm changing. I don't want to go there. So God's got good stuff for us. But he gives the bad to warn people. And he says, if you don't listen to my word, if you don't listen to my prophets, if you don't listen to my preachers, if you don't listen to these things, this is what's coming. I'm warning you. Did you know, just to give you a little example, did you know on 9-11 there were lots of warnings? Just one example. I could do, but there was lots of warnings. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. No one wanted to listen. Once it was over, once everybody was dead, once the towers were down, once the city was covered in dust, hey, we should probably try to figure out a way to listen to these people and maybe listen to what they're telling us because they might be right. They might be right. There's going to be millions and millions and millions and billions of people on this earth after this event that I'm about to read that are going to be saying, oh, we should have listened. Those people seemed crazy, but they weren't. That wasn't crazy. We sure thought they were crazy. Oh, I should have listened to mom and dad. Oh, I should have listened to my friends. Oh, I should have listened to my pastor. Oh, I should have listened. Oh, God. If I could just have another chance. If I could just go back to that service and not be on my phone playing around. If I could just go back to that service and pay attention and take notes. If I could just go back to that service and go to the altar and get my heart right. Oh, I'm telling you. There's so many people in hell this morning burning forever for eternity. They would like to have one more verse read to them so they could change their lives. Just one more. Y'all still here? Watch this. Verse 13. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. That means died, lest you sorrow. Watch this. As others who have no hope. What's the good news? We have hope. Now, hold that for a second. Actually, just stay there. I'm going to read this other verse to you. I don't want you to take the time. You know what, you know what the, another word for the rapture is? The blessed hope. The blessed hope. Okay, stay right there. Let me read this to you. You can write it down if you're taking notes. Titus 2.13 says this. I got to get in the right chapter. Let me read 11, 12, and 13. Listen closely. Write it down. Don't go there for time. It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Teaching us, now, as I read this, and I'm closing, as I, as I read this part, you might be asking, how can I make sure, okay, I'm with you now, you got my attention, how can I make sure I'm not there? How can I make sure, because I don't know about you, I want to know. I want to know. He says, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, soberly, righteously, and godly, listen, in this present age. Okay? So that's why I said a minute ago, live right, be right, keep your heart pure. 
Don't mess around. Don't let this world tie you up. Keep your eyes on Christ because that's what he says. Because he says what we're supposed to be doing through all that is looking for the blessed hope. I mean, like that word. That's good news. Hope. That means that in all that bad stuff I told you, the hope is that I don't have to be in that. What gospel will we have today if, if I, listen, I want you to listen closely. If I told you all that and then just said, let's pray. Are y'all listening to me still? What if I just, okay, let's pray. And you'd have been like, you said there was good news. I'm like, I'm just kidding. I was kidding. There wasn't any good news. Yeah, the good news is just hope you don't, hope you die fast. Right? That's not good news. But there's good news. It says that we can be looking for a blessed hope. And guess what the blessed hope is? Watch this. The, appear, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. The glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you remember, as you're still there in First Thessalonians, do you remember in Acts when Jesus ascended into heaven? All those witnesses were there. He left the ground. Y'all still here? His feet left the ground. It's not, what, what I say earlier, they don't believe it's literal. It's literal. Jesus' feet, you know, you've seen people levitate. That's a whole other subject. But their feet get up off the ground. It's not God's power, but they get up off the ground. Jesus did not levitate. Jesus ascended from this earth from corruptible into incorruptible. Heaven. And the Bible says he went up into the clouds. Are y'all still here? He went up into the clouds. And he disappeared into the clouds. And some angels said, just as you've seen him go, he will come again. How? Just as you saw him go, he will come come again now here's an interesting thought and I'm just going to throw this little thing out there because we've been teaching a lot about this and I'm going to close with this verse because on this subject I could preach till 6 o'clock I could just go till 6 I know I might have a few people here but most people would fall off but I could I've got enough information but it's exciting because see I don't love this world I don't love this world I'm, I'm really excited to leave it. I am. I, I, I don't love it. Because I know God's got something better. And, I, and I'm going to live this life and, and to the fullest and have a great life while I'm here. But I don't love this world. I don't love the system. I don't love what it's about. I love God. I love Jesus. And for the last 25 years, and I know there's some people in here who are a couple years older than me, have been longing for the day. Longing for the day. To see Jesus. See, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not looking this morning to see some NBA player. I'm not looking to see some singer. I'm longing right here to see the one who died for me. The one who paid a price I could not pay. 
the one who gave his life for me and did not cause me to say you must believe in me, but he who believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. I want to see him. Every day that goes by, I get more and more 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 excited to see him. Because then you talk about graduation. Oh, boy. See, I'm ready to graduate. Graduation is an exciting time. You put the cap and gown on and, and you, get, you get your diploma. There's going to be a, a graduation in heaven. And when that rapture happens and that trumpet blows, we're going to graduate from this earth into heaven and we're going to get a diploma. We're going to get a reward. And God is going to say, I'm going to wipe all your tears from your eyes. You're not going to have to worry about hospitals no more. You're going to have to worry about uh, sickness anymore. You're not going to have to worry about debt anymore. You're not going to have to worry about going to work anymore. You're not going to have to worry about anything. You're just going to be with me on streets and eating a banquet, hallelujah, eating a lot of good food. Amen. I know we all like that. Okay, let me finish. But I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as those who have no hope. We have hope. For if, watch, if, here's the if, for if, and see, some people won't. I can't, I can't talk about that enough. Some people won't believe. Some people, I hope not here, but someone here might be saying, eh. But if we believe, verse 14, that Jesus died and rose again, even so God, watch this, will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain. Is anybody here that's alive? We're still here. Now, some things I can't go by. This is why I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. He says, we who are alive and remain. Can you fast forward through three and a half years of everybody who doesn't take the system being killed and then three and a half years of wrath of God and you tell me who's going to be left? Alive and remaining for Jesus to rapture if we don't go before the tribulation. There won't be many. And he just told me a few verses ago that he has not appointed me to wrath. So I can't be here at that wrath period. I can't, I can't be not appointed into wrath and then be in wrath. God doesn't lie. But he says, we who are alive and remain, watch this, until the coming of the Lord. By no means will proceed those who are asleep or dead. Watch this. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven and with a shout and with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. Verse 17. And we who are alive and remain, there it is again, shall be caught up. Yes, thank you for that one excited person. Amen. Caught up. That means raptured. That's what rapture means. Caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Michael Jordan ain't got nothing on us, church. We're going to fly. We're going to fly. I believe I can fly. We're going to fly. Amen. That's good news. To me, I'm not a college graduate, but that's better news than the first news I read. I'm not a smart person here, but that sounds a lot better. That we could be caught up and taken out instead of being beheaded. That just sounds better to me. 
Oh, that makes you weak. That makes you weak, Christian. Well, if you want to go through the tribulation, you stay here and go ahead. I'm going. Let me tell you something. Let me remind you again. If you don't want to be here, if you don't want to go in the rapture, you don't have to. You can stay here. Listen closely. Only those who want to go will go. You want to stay here and go through that and prove yourself? You go ahead. I've already proven enough. I believe. He says, watch this. Musicians, you can come. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. These words. Which words? The last five verses I just read. That we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to the air with the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Those are comforting words. Now, if, if, if I say, hey, maybe today, maybe today, maybe right now, maybe before the service ends, maybe before tonight comes, the trumpet sounds. Let's stay ready. And, and when that trumpet sounds, we're going to figure out what it is to be astronauts without any suits. And we're going to go up in the air and we're going to be raptured. Oh, I don't believe that's literal. Okay, you stay here. I'll let you know how it was. I'm fixing to go on a space ride that Space Mountain cannot touch. Amen. So if I tell you that and I say, hey, let's stay right. Let's stay good. Let's stay pure. Let's stay in the word. Let's stay loving each other. Let's stay with the right spirit and attitude. Let's deny ungodliness and live righteous. That's, that's comforting, right? Now, on the other hand, if I came and said, hey, Hey man, any day, listen, let me come and give you some good, a good word. Any day, they're going to come knock on our doors and they're going to cause us to take this chip. And uh, if we don't take it, they're going to cut our heads off. Hey man, let's, let's comfort each other with those words. You know, any day. That's exciting, right? Right? Isn't that exciting? Come on, let's, let's, let's look forward to that day. I can't wait for that. How is that comforting? It's not. If that was the case and that was our destiny, then so be it. But that's not comforting. I did not in any, I, I saw Stephen be stoned to death in Acts. He said, Father, forgive them for what they know, they know not what they do. He forgave him. I don't think he was feeling good at that moment. I don't think that he, he liked that. Comfort one of these words means that, that God has a plan for his church. For his bride. For his bride. To be taken out. So that we can be married. I've never seen a good man. Ever. Seen a good man. Take his, his, his fiance. And drag her through the mud. Kick her. Let people kick her. Beat her hit her and hurt her and then stand her up and say let's get married never we're the bride and the Bible says we're a church without spot or wrinkle we're keeping ourselves that way we're keeping ourselves clean from this world so that when that trumpet sounds we're ready and it can be any day did you know that next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday feast of weeks whole nother message feast of weeks all these feasts and I can't I, I gotta stop I can't do it I can't do it I, can, I, I can't do it come back tonight bow your heads too much so many messages so little time 
Lord, thank you for everybody that's here. Thank you for allowing me to preach your word. I love you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. That I'm even standing here today. Could I, sh I should be in hell. That's where I was headed. But you had grace on me. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for giving me this day. Giving me a preacher who told me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying the price for me so that I could have eternal life. <clears throat> Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through you. Jesus, in this place this morning, touch people's hearts. Cause them to know you like I know you. To fear you like I fear you. To revere you like I revere you, God. Cause them to understand that you are a good God of love and mercy and grace, but you're also a consuming fire. And you're coming, Jesus, so soon, maybe even today, for a church that's looking for you, for a church that's watching, that's, that's expecting, not that's caught up in this world. Lord, we know we have to live in this world. We have to go to work and we have to go to school and we have to do life. God, we cannot put those things more important than a relationship with you. Because this earth, this life will end. And the Bible says, then comes judgment. God's looking for honest hearts this morning. All over this place, he's looking for honest hearts. Not people who will please me or somebody else, but will please God. People who will understand I have to answer for my life, not somebody else's. How many all over this place this morning could say, I'm not sure. Listen, I'm not talking this morning what my normal altar call is, which is if I died. If I passed into eternity this morning, where would I go? My question this morning is, is if that trumpet blew today, that trumpet we just read about in 1 Thessalonians 4, if that trumpet sounded, the Bible says there on that thing, for there in such an hour that you think not the Son of Man comes. If that trumpet sounded right now, <clears throat> would you go? If your faith is in Christ and your faith is in his resurrection and your heart is clean, it doesn't mean you have it all together, but your heart is clean and you, you've repented of your sins and you're trying to live a godly life, you're going. But if you're here and you're not, and that trumpet sounded right now,
and you wouldn't go for sure, I want you to raise your hand and I want you to say, would you pray for me right now? I want to know. All over this place, quickly. I see your hand. How many more? Quickly. See your hand. How many more? Quick. I see your hand. How many more? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. We'll wait just a few seconds. I don't know. I'm not sure. I want to be sure. You can be sure. How many? As we stand to our feet this morning, I'm not even going to ask you this morning that raised your hand to come. This isn't about embarrassing you. But I do ask you from the bottom of my heart to take these words serious. To live your life in a way. I want every single one of us to be in heaven together. Listen, you might, how many have, have enemies or have had enemies? Be honest, you got people you don't like, they don't like you. Listen, you would not wish the tribulation on your worst enemy. I promise you, your worst enemy. If you could see a picture of what it looks like, you wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. You would, you would immediately have love for that person and say, my God, I don't want God, I don't want that person to go there. He says, if it wasn't for the days being shortened, no one would be left. So this isn't a scare message. This is a real message. It's a, it's a message of hope. First and foremost, I gotta make sure that my heart's clean and pure and right. That I've got my, my, my wedding garments on. And then, as I make sure my garments are staying clean, I say, Lord, there's coming a day. Ever heard the verse that says there's coming a day when it'll be night and no man can work? That's the future. We gotta work now. Maybe this will put a fire in us. We don't know how much time we have, but I don't believe it's long. People have been saying that for years. Trust me, things are happening right now that have never happened before. Time is short. So let's stay ready and let's stay right. As we sing this song this morning, whatever you came and need prayer for this morning, I'm not going to apologize to you for the way I preached this morning. I'm not going to do it. I'm not sorry for it. I love you. I want you to be in heaven. I want to be in heaven. Trust me, when I get up here to preach, I'm my worst critic. I'm beating myself up. Are you ready? I didn't come out here and ask you, are you ready? I asked myself, am I ready? Every day I say, Lord, I don't want to miss the rapture. I'm not just automatically in, the, in heaven because I'm a pastor. I'm not automatically in the rapture because I have a pastor before my name. I have to stay ready too. I have to make sure this world doesn't cling to me and, and I don't become ungodly. And that's, that's all of our jobs this morning. As we open the altars, let's just take a few minutes to pray. Whatever the Lord leads on your heart as we sing this morning.